0: The 24 is owning every second of every minute of every hour of every day.
1: To seize the moment, to get the most out of every day. Being responsible for every 24 hours of every day of your life.
0: I wanted to not have to be told what to do, who to hang out with, where to go, when to be there.
1: Taking ownership of it
0: the 24 because it, it epitomizes everything that is about my life
1: at the end of your time here you can look back and say i you know i made the most i owned the
0: 24 and when you own it you get to do whatever you want whenever you want with whoever you want wherever you want and no one can tell you no that's what i love about own the 24
1: It's Lori and Mike, and we hope you're owning your 24 today. Right, let's let's talk about the show.
0: We talked about installing beliefs. You know, yeah. I used to be a computer programmer, so it was like uninstalling the program you don't want right. and installing the program you do.
1: Yeah, useful, useful, useful tools and in in uh, habits on how to continue to break through. So last time I thought we touched on some really useful stuff, and I thought you had some good insights on it. So I think we should expand on that a little bit today. The three simple steps, right, of, um, of casting a vision, I guess, right? Yeah. And the first step was uh, the belief step, right? right? So we just to recap, we, we started with um, the belief that it's possible, yep. right? And the second one... Was literally writing it down, casting the vision. And the third one was taking responsibility. Like, right? So that's the, right. those are the three. So I think it's important that we, that we really cover that first one. And, and uh, so let's expand on that.
0: Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, just speaking from experience, first, believing that it's possible in its entirety, like, hmm. is it possible in the world to happen? And then, is it possible for me? Right? Mm-hmm. So, once it's possible for me, then I can start to see myself having some success. And when you start into that pathway, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this, I can have some success. Mm-hmm. What happens is, is we still have this unconscious belief system that's underneath the layer that is dictating really our choices in life which is what uh causes the outcome mm-hmm. of our life right so we don't realize that people who are getting different results in the world are making different choices with the circumstances that they have and the things that cause us to do that are typically the under layer of like what's driving us so we might have some kind of a uh like a self-sabotage motif. I think we all tend to have some kind of she wants to jump over there. Yeah, good, okay. let her go. <laughs> My drink is on there. She's gonna knock yeah, it okay. off. And uh so we can um I lost my train of thought.
1: Yeah. So I think So it, we
0: don't need to be impatient about it. We can just be natural.
1: I think what's important is to so so that those are good concepts and good good ideals. So what about an example, maybe? Some give me an example of of someone who makes those unconscious choices and uh, and can't get the results in the world that they want.
0: It could be as simple as um, how they spend their money. Mm-hmm. Right, so they get some money, they start having some some money, and they want to spend it, Mm -hmm. right? And before they reinvest into whatever it is that built the money, Mm -hmm. so those types of things are self sabotaging. Mm -hmm. People do that all the time, Mm -hmm. Uh, or just don't even manage it. Don't don't know where the money went because they just spend. Um, I'd say
1: that's got to be 90% of the population. Where did it all go? I don't understand where it went.
0: That's a whole other lesson, financial literacy, that we can cover another time. But as far as like the self-sabotaging things are fear of success or fear of failure. So it could be one or the other or both, right? So people kind of will put themselves in a box and not want to go forward, because they fear that if they get their hopes up they're going to you know get so far and then it's going to get shattered mm-hmm. and there's something unconscious that has the fear that's the basis for that mm-hmm. and then there could be a fear of success like you know i'm going to i'm going to become successful and i and i don't know what to do with that or i'm undeserving of it mm-hmm. so they just do something like masterfully stupid to eliminate the possibility of success. Right. So that way they don't have the disappointment of not achieving the success or that they achieve the success and then they lose it. It's all a self fulfilling prof- 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 prophecy. 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 Yeah. So it's listening to that little voice in your head and it's it's a lot of times it's a it's a voice that's so subtle it's so insidious mm-hmm. because it'll it'll talk to you and you know it's talking to you and you know the conversation yet if you try to call it out it evaporates like mm-hmm. you can't put your finger on it because it hides so so stealth like mm-hmm. or it induces so much shame that it's horrifying to actually admit it to yourself that that's the conversation you're having Mm -hmm. and let alone admit it to somebody else right so a lot of that that takes a lot of work so the leverage to get yourself to face those demons the leverage has to be so powerful and so compelling that you're willing to go there, that you're willing to to put your finger on what is it that's driving me and causing me to self-sabotage? What is it that's stopping me? What is it that's a limiting belief? Those, All those things, if you really know your outcome and you're so attached to your outcome, and I don't mean attached as in You know, physically attached, but like that. You that you you want to have this outcome happen for you. Mm -hmm. You can compel yourself to go through the hard stuff, but if there's not enough leverage there, I don't believe people will do it. Like you have to be uncomfortably uncomfortable. People are comfortably uncomfortable. You have to be. Uncomfortably uncomfortable right. in order to move.
1: Well, there's a lot of have to's in there. Why do most people not do that, do any of that? I mean, who's kidding? Who? Most people don't get out of that comfortably uncomfortable zone their entire life, right? Because I mean, it's
0: not uncomfortable books enough. And
1: stories and movies galore are written mm-hmm. all about that. So, all the things you just created or, or described give me an example, you give examples. What keeps people there? What keeps people there? The, the
0: future isn't compelling enough.
1: Mm-hmm. So, what? How can it be compelling?
0: That's where you create the vision, and you exactly. do the affirmations, and you do the practices. Because mm-hmm. if you do the practices long enough, mm-hmm. your belief system starts to change, right. and you can actually reinstall or in, deinstall the un the disempowering beliefs and install empowering beliefs and then your belief system will work with you rather than against you. Mm-hmm. But if your if your future isn't compelling enough, mm-hmm. there's nothing to really drive you to to get out of the comfortably uncomfortable. Right. So
1: I'm in a life I don't like. Mm-hmm. For whatever whatever scale of shitty my life is. What's step 1?
0: Step 1 is is finding a life a model someone mm-hmm. who has what you want mm-hmm.
1: what does that mean has what you want
0: like their life is it exemplifies right. a life you would want
1: their life is that way not just the stuff
0: their life is that way. oh right. yeah we am not yeah. talking about stuff well, i'm I, talking I about trying to, to okay. distinguish here yeah i'm talking about some the way somebody's life is yep. though in okay. who somebody is in the world like usually it's a, like a you're inspired yeah. by
1: right and then person. so that's step one Mm-hmm. I find someone in the world that I want to I be like them, right? I want to mm-hmm. have their life. If I could snap my fingers and step into their life like some movie plot, I would. Mm-hmm. So what's step two?
0: Step two is either, depending on who it is, mm-hmm. Um, if it's somebody that's in the public realm and, and they've written books or they've authored things, I would study whatever they've done, mm-hmm. study a biography of people that are successful um, and, and the lives that they've lived. Mm-hmm. Um, and Or if they're a real person that you know, seek them out as a mentor.
1: Mm-hmm. I can I can see people still stuck in. That's good for them. Not for me, especially a public figure. You know, you read you read the book about everything's magic, and and they have a hard time saying I could, that could be me, right? But you but you think you think that step that's the step to find someone and just drill it in. Well,
0: I guess I can only speak from experience. Mm-hmm. So it, for me, it um, I read a book mm-hmm. that inspired me to go. Well, this makes total sense. Yep. So. I think that, that that is an easy way to do it, is is seek somebody who is willing to teach what they're doing, and it's a credible source.
1: Okay. I've done that. I've read the book, or I I've, I've sought that person out. What's step three?
0: Start doing the things that they do and when there're things that you say I can't like I can't needs to go away from your vocabulary. So eliminating can't mm-hmm. out of your vocabulary because when you say I'll try or I'll I can't do this you're subconsciously telling yourself you know a directive. Yep. So you that's part of your affirmations. I mean when you start really getting into the world of affirmations and I don't mean just like mantras without any activity Mm -hmm. i mean like writing things out but then actively saying them repeating them to your yourself while you're doing some kind of intense exercise or physical activity so Mm -hmm. there's something in the neurology that cements it in when you're in this physical heightened state especially a an excited heightened state um and then you you anchor those things in and they start to become beliefs. So you can you can literally program your mind. Mm-hmm. And then those things that you program in are new beliefs that, that overshadow the ones that are self-limiting. And you will start you will start to operate and process and make decisions that you wouldn't make before.
1: Mm-hmm. You know i i um, I tried that once and it didn't work for me. I tried it for three straight days, <laughs> and my life wasn't it wasn't you know brand new.
0: Oh, well, yeah, it takes takes years.
1: It, that, like I, I it, tried it, to be that was trying to be funny, but it it, it talk about how long it takes. Yeah, it talk t- about from personal experience how long it takes. Yeah,
0: it took me. Um, I would say. 4 years of hardcore really working on my belief system and and building it in through exercise and and you know I just did a walk but I I was faithful with it and I had coaching mm-hmm. so I I actually invested in a coach who could and and I'm an athlete, right? So coaching to an athlete is normal. If you're not an athlete and you've never had an experience with that, coaching may not seem normal. It may not seem like, oh, yeah, that's an obvious thing to do. A coach is somebody who can, first of all, has some skills that they can impart, right? They, they need to know mm-hmm. the basics of what it is you're trying to accomplish. And then they also um, need to, to work Inside of what works for you, so some coaches can be like slave drivers and master, you know, task masters, and and negative reinforcement. Whereas other coaches can do it with positive reinforcement and encouragement, and you know, different things work in different people, right? So well, that's you,
1: where you got to find the right coach, right? Yes. I mean. Literally interview coaches. If someone wants to go that route, it's not just hire some coach because they look good or you yeah. like how they said something. I mean, you really have to get in the right relationship with the right coach and the right style.
0: And and also, there's this, obviously, there's this new thing. Everybody's a coach. Everybody's a life coach now. So you can get certified and you can be a coach. But really, what I'm talking about is like that's like taking advice from a financial planner who doesn't actually do the things that yep. they're selling. They're just they're just salespeople. Yeah. So what you really want to look for is somebody who who actually can produce the results for themselves and then they're mentoring and coaching people mm-hmm. to do those same things.
1: Yep. I think I think what's really important to to detail is the the level of work it takes. The time that it takes. So you 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 will gloss over the effort because you compare it, you compare it to yourself. Like, well, I did this, and you know, why can't everyone? That, as as you and I both know, that's called the stupid human trick. And you have a you have a work ethic that's really unique. Right, so so when some somebody's listening to this, I want a life. I want. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm sick of my life. That's it. Mm-hmm. And and I'm gonna. I'm gonna do this, man. I'm inspired. Lori and Mike have inspired me mostly. Lori, and uh, <laughs> let's take the steps. And I want to do that. So, risk it go. I'm gonna work hard. Right. That means so many different things to so yeah. many different people. Like like I read the book once. Nothing. My life didn't change. Right. There's. We can't step over. The, the the granular, repetitive nature of habit building that's absolutely required right. to get well, this done. Think
0: about, think about what a person needs to do to become a 90% free throw shooter. The mm-hmm. repetition, the number of shots, and the level of coaching and skill and and form and all of that to become a 90% or 95% shooter. Mm -hmm. So what does that take, right? It takes a lot and where you get to the point of mastery. So when I went like, in my experience, when I read a book, I don't read a book to check it off and say, I read this book. I read a book and then I study it and then I try to master and integrate the the things in it that I have no idea why my computer's going off and somebody's messaging me like 50,000 times. Mm-hmm. But when mastery happens, it's because you've you've studied something to the point where it's integrated and you're now using it in your life so, versus so just knowing it.
1: Let me put that into context. The what you're saying is you read a book like pick a book or have your coach or mentor or this person that you're emulating give give you a book we we said yesterday 12 pillars good one four agreements good one you you just don't leave that book until it's just until it you could almost like you can rip off the major points from memory. you right. just don't leave that book right So personally, I'm not saying this is right or, or for everyone, but when I hear people brag about the number of books they read, mm. does nothing for me right. not impressive at all. Anyone can turn pages and rip through it's it's the level that you that you absorb and internalize that stuff because there's so much wisdom. In so few books right meaning you know you don't have to read a hundred books these right. people have these goals like I want to read four books a month for the next year right. that's a goal book reading S- silliness in my view find the book, read it over and over and over until you got it until until the, the habit when when stimulus happens responses one of the four agreements for example
0: right that's the way you think now right? right so you've you've digested it to the point where that's the way you think now that's
1: so that's when, when someone hears that, what I what I want to say is that's the difference between the people that have the results in the world and those who don't. That one thing could could be the difference. Like that mindset is the difference. I'm focused on the one thing, and I'm not going to change. You you talked about four years, and all I did was just walk. I think that's a huge point. In our last six minutes, you walked. It's it's, it's a walk. Everyone almost can walk, mm-hmm. right? It's not. Oh, I'm a marathon runner. I climbed the mountains. You walked. But you walked at a at a level of consistency that needs that needs to be described.
0: Well, um, every single day, I would I would do it. It's called daily magic for me. Um, but it was really a process that I was being walked through on in my headset. And you know, I, I I've done it with books. If I want to learn what the book is, and I want to integrate that book into my thinking so it becomes nature like natural for me to to, mm-hmm. to respond from the things that i'm learning yep. well then what i do there is is i listen to the book so audiobooks the fact that books can go be on audible and audiobooks all the time is is great because you can listen to something over and over and over again so when we go to the gym i'm listening to something over and over and over again. When I'm in my car, I would listen to something over and over and over again. So, these same tapes, these same audios, these same CDs, whatever they are, I would be listening to them for years, the same ones. Because that. and I used to marvel at people who could like speak and they'd have all this profound stuff to say. And it's it, a lot of it's not original. No. Okay, A lot of it is from reading. A lot of it is from reading to the point where it comes natural for you to be talking like that. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a script. It's not written out. It's, it's, it's the way you think now. It's the way you talk.
1: So through this time of these years long, this years long process of your, your reading books and um, firmly uh, committed to making a change, it was easy for you because you had nothing else going on in your life, right? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, you could just take all day long and sit yeah. around and listen to stuff, right? So talk about that.
0: So, well, I was I was recently divorced. I had a big house to manage. I had a full-time job. I had three little boys. Um, so I my, and my life was absolute chaos. So that's where the compelling future came in. Mm. It was, I, I wanted out of my current situation in a way that was not normal like just my my comfortably uncomfortable became uncomfortably uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and that moved me off the nail so to speak where the dog is laying on the nail and he didn't get up until he became uncomfortable Mm -hmm. so i was uncomfortable in my current situation and that was my i had a i had Created a compelling future which I wanted to live into, mm-hmm. and then I went to work. Then I started to hear about this personal development thing, and it said, "I remember, I can remember it clear as clear as day. It's 20 years ago, but it, it said if you would devote 30 minutes a day to working on yourself, personal development, then you could double." Triple Quadruple Whatever Your income Your results Right And my Mm -hmm. uh, Correlating that I was like What Mm -hmm. It just didn't make any sense to me Mm -hmm. But I was so willing To just Follow it Simply because I was like Well what could it hurt Mm -hmm. Right If I do all this What's the downside Yep I'll get better at something that I'm not good at now. Yep. And I might gain some new perspectives. But the things that I was listening to were things that were appealing to me to have as a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So it, it inspired me to actually go for it and say, you know what? I don't care if I invest 30 minutes a day. People waste hours, mm-hmm right yep. so what's 30 minutes a day of listening to something while i'm doing something else
1: right walking
0: walking mostly yeah. exercise right mm-hmm. whatever why why could i what, you know what's there to lose right and everything to gain
1: well that's a great big excuse that people have is i don't have time it's nice for you i don't have time i'm flat out i'm too busy all, all those things that that can be frustrating
0: Tony Robbins called it net time
1: yeah so 30 minutes a day no extra time so everyone has 30 minutes a
0: day well if you can you can put it in with um, driving you know if you have a commute well
1: I think we distinguished a couple of different things one the, the the context of consistency right that's the context of hard work hard work doesn't mean these stories you read about you know these bananas 12 18 hour days for whatever amount of time that's cuckoo like no one's no one's saying that that works in fact that doesn't work right we're talking about 30 minutes a day we're talking about some steps that you outlined that i think are super useful so we can leave it at that
0: yeah this
1: time I think think? I
0: think if it inspires people to say hey you know what have I got to lose and you take that attitude it could it could really um, make a difference in your life and you know I think that what we have here in our lives is is living proof of why not
1: well certainly that's the results right that we these these steps have uh, delivered uh, objective uh, and clearly measurable results so that's awesome awesome all right until next time All right. Good talk.
0: Yeah, good talk. Started a little bumpy. (laughs) So we hope you enjoyed our topic today. It was a lot of fun doing it. Make sure you check us out at ownthe24.com. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Spotify, Anchor and Stitcher for Android. And don't forget to also subscribe to our YouTube page and like and follow our Facebook page at OwnThe24. Remember, we only get 24 hours a day and you get to say how they go.
1: We each get the same 24 hours a day. Let's make sure we all own our 24. Let's go.
0: Tick tock, (laughs) motherfucker.